0: Oh, yeah. It just—it's not a good combination to eat a lot of Mexican food, and then drink three ciders.
1: No, I doesn't follow a Toby Maguire. Doesn't <laughs> follow the Cider House rules. <laughs> See, uh-huh. that isn't going on the air. That's just for you. <laughs> he needs to keep that in.
0: <laughs>
2: running and and welcome and the and running and and running and and running and and running and and running running and
0: running and run and
2: and I'm Stephen Miller. and 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 if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, as we said, we are talking about Hot Tub Time Machine Two. We're going back in time again, as we have been recently, with our time travel talking about movies. Um, how are you guys doing this fine evening? You two. Um,
0: feeling super dumb right now. <laughs> i assume because of
2: hot top time machine too or just in general
0: Uh, just in general it's been one of those days you yeah. know one, one of those, of those days one of those days where you wake up in the morning and pack your power cord but then don't pack your laptop to go to work
2: <laughs> so even do though you, even you, though it's right there on the desk do you work on your laptop at work or just is that your side little thing that without it you just feel like the day drags without it
0: no, I've just been recently doing some things where, I, like, I bring in my laptop since uh, my office is from the uh, is very old school and we only have one computer, so it kind of gets a little <laughs> crowded. Does it take up an entire room? It <laughs> does. It, I'm not kidding. Are you guys and you forgot your punch card? Yeah, we're trying to break uh, Nazi codes, <laughs> and um, yeah. But no, we have uh, one computer that's connected to the internet, and uh, three people have to use it at times. So I'm just you, like, I gotta bring in my own laptop so we don't cause a lot of confusion.
2: Do, do you call it Christopher?
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Does, does, How did you know? Is Tywin Lannister trying to take me from you? <laughs> Named after his Mark Strong age old crush. is like, trying
0: to bring me down, too. Yeah. Oh. Matthew Good was there. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. You know what's funny, slight aside here, um, so like we only have the one computer in our office and, but on my desk I have a typewriter <laughs> not kidding, <laughs> and so like um, this, this guy called right, and he was like, can I talk to Dave, who's my boss, and I was like, I'm sorry he's with a client right now, can I take a message and he's like um. Well, can you just like IM him and tell him that I need this? And I was like, I'm sorry, uh, my typewriter doesn't do that. He's like, ha, good one. I was like, I'm not kidding. Okay, so d- did you
1: answer on like an old school rotary phone? Or do you have like a normal phone oh, in the office? Man, I wish we
0: had
2: an old school rotary phone, but we actually have a real phone. Carson doesn't even have a rotary phone, he just picks up the little like dealy. <laughs> Clicks the lever a <laughs> yeah. few times and then goes, "Oh, can you please connect me to somebody?" <laughs> can I have a, on a, I have a switchboard. <laughs> uh, so Oscars, guys, transitions,
0: <laughs> right? Totally. Speaking what? of uh, old things, movies.
2: Oh, we we are we are here, here tonight, recording the night after the Oscars. So uh, I don't know, what did you guys think of of the events as a whole?
0: Um, I was kind of bored. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people say that every year, but I mean, I I like watching the Oscars, and uh, I thought last year was really good. Like, I thought Ellen, I think Ellen's a good host, um, and I think MPH is a good host too. But uh, he was saddled with a lot of really lame jokes, like a lot of like just Jay Leno level monologue jokes. Like every everything he said should have been followed by a simple clash. And, and like, it's it was not, that bad.
1: It's not just the jokes. It's like. The delivery it, yeah, like, like it when really they don't forced. land, he just kind of stares it, it's right. like sitcom jokes, not like
0: stand up jokes where you it have all to it engage all felt the very, audience, yeah, it all felt very like you know
2: scripted i I mean it, for people who listen to the show, you know that that's sort of my brandy humor, <laughs> it's terrible yeah. jokes, He that, cuts out most of that, the long that. silences <laughs> old man jokes, yeah. <laughs> old man jokes that seldom land, um <laughs> so I, I i i i mean i'm fan of uh, neil patrick harris and uh, the jokes for the most part worked for me um but uh yeah in, in general what did you think about uh, birdman's like massive success
0: uh well hold on real fast i was just gonna say i, I like the opening musical number that he did but i felt like everything after that went downhill like Especially when he, once, the magic like the the box the box like once he introduced that bit it was Unle- over
1: unless brad pitt had run on and shouted
0: what's in the box <laughs> <laughs> if there they opened no it in, isn't it spoilers <laughs> spoilers for 20 years ago
2: <laughs> oh that
0: would hey, have If been. they can spoil gone girl i think we
2: can spoil <laughs> yeah. seven yeah. okay so so what what do you guys let, let's let's have a little talk about this rewind so in, in in the opening number they spoil gone girl but throughout the freaking entire uh, production they were constantly spoiling like different moments of gone girl over and over again like what what do you guys like I, I know I know Carson, you know, the three of us were like messaging earlier today or whatever, and Carson made the statement that like, you know, you should have seen the film by now. Personally, I think that like at an award show for films, you shouldn't be spoiling the films that you're giving awards to because like people are going to watch this. Like like everybody in my family that was watching the awards, they hadn't seen most of anything that was winning awards. So like I was just basically fielding questions from my family as things came up, like, oh no, yeah, that's about this. I would recommend that one. This is about that. I wouldn't recommend that one. Like So I think people watch this as much for the fanfare as to figure out which movies that they passed up over during the year they should actually go back and see. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll throw to Stephen first because do, which side do you fall on? Do you feel on fall on Carson's side of like you should have seen it already or do you fall on my side of like, hey, people are going to be wanting to check these films out after they win. Maybe I should wait to go ahead and spoil major plot developments
1: i mean i think i'm okay with a little bit of spoiler but the level that they did for gone girl was just ridiculous i mean like between the joke to neil patrick harris uh from anna kendrick yeah and then the scene that they chose to show for Roseman pike they basically yeah. <laughs> like spoiled the two biggest reveals of the movie um <laughs> which is pretty pretty ridiculous like the whole movie functions where you don't even know if major characters are still alive or where they are or anything. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know. It, it, it seemed like a weird decision to spoil it, especially when it wasn't nominated for almost anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to spoil something in Gone Girl, you might as well just spoil that Tyler Perry actually does good in the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least that isn't going to hurt the plot in any way.
0: I mean, I, yeah, like, I disagree. I, I think if it's out if it's out already on DVD and stuff, then it's fair game. Well, okay, but,
2: well let, let me ask you this then, Carson. L- let's say that it's not one of the normal high-profile films. What if it's, like, in the best foreign film category? Like, that's something that I wouldn't expect anybody, yeah, except for people trying to specifically watch artsy <laughs> stuff, um, I mean, to have it, seen any of those.
0: I, I feel like since Gone Girl was so popular, they were just kind of ho- banking on the fact that, you know, out of all the movies nominated, this is one that most people
2: have already seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but to illustrate my point a little bit more, In at the office today, I showed the people who didn't watch the Oscars that opening musical number, and I had forgotten that they spoiled that moment in Gone Girl. And as it was coming up, I was remembering, and I was like thinking in my head, wait, have we talked about Gone Girl? Am I ruining this? for?" Like, I was concerned having decided to show that clip to people that I might be spoiling the film for them. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think it's fair game since it's already out. It's been out. But I don't know. <laughs> That's just me.
2: But anyways, back back to my question about Birdman. You guys excited that Birdman got so much love?
0: Yeah. I, I yeah, was I'm hoping just... that, it would, that it would win just for the it... fact that, you know, the type of movie that it is.
1: In general, I'm pretty happy with like, the big award contenders for the night were Birdman and Boyhood, and then the ones that were cleaning up, like, next to, you know, the, the other ones that were cleaning up lesser awards were, like, Whiplash and Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. And all of those are yeah. movies I would totally stand behind. Like, yeah, it, they may be Oscar bait in a sense, but they're, like, very singular and very interesting. Like, yeah, not you know, not a single biopic... One for anything major, except for yeah. *Imitation Game* for adapted screenplay, and even that, like, I thought that was a kind of surprising choice. But overall, almo- almost all of the films were ones that I would happily like tell people to go and check out. So I, I think that's actually pretty cool this year.
2: Yeah, I-, I was actually really excited for the wins that *Grand Pudivest uh, did get. I mean, out of the three of us, I was the one who liked that film the least, but I still enjoyed it a lot, and I think that it. Like in a way, the categories it did win for totally made sense to me like it wasn't confusing, but i still i would i guess I wouldn't think of that film that type of film as being something that would win a bunch of awards but um i i I was happy that it did get love, and obviously Birdman is amazing, and it was really awesome to see it get um all the awards that it did too
0: I mean Michael Keaton should have definitely won, but um yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like that uh I don't know. Like I, I just feel that uh, while Eddie Redmayne gave a great performance in Theory of Everything, despite the movie being terrible, um, I, I just, <laughs> I just think that, I just think that you know, nothing against him. Like I think he's a cool guy. Like I, I liked his speech. I think he's a very like down to earth guy. He's like genuinely excited uh, to win an award, that that award, you know, especially. Um, but. Uh, I just, I mean, it was such a cliche choice that, you know, the Oscars, the Academy had to pick the role that, you know, is like the safe choice. The one, you know, it's like, oh, he's playing a real guy and it's, you know, he's afflicted with this disease. And I mean, it's, you know, that's the stuff that, that the Academy gets made fun of all the time for, it's like, oh, they always go for, you know, the Holocaust movie or I I mean something I, I guess, like, you know what I mean? So the thing is, the second thing
1: they get made fun of is for choosing the actor rather than the performance and choosing things about Hollywood and about self-reference. So I feel like like of the two, Michael Keaton was a more interesting performance, but he also was very much in the wheelhouse of the kind of thing the Academy loves, right? Like a comeback story. Yeah, for sure. A guy who's making jokes, he's practically playing a real person too. I mean, I know he's a character, but he's so self-referential. Uh, I would have I would have been happy to see Keaton win too, but I feel like of the two, I'm I'm pretty happy with either. I don't know. I think Eddie Redmayne gave a good performance.
2: Yeah, I, I think he did. He gave a fantastic performance. It was one of those things where like I I he disappeared into the role of Stephen Hawking. Like I I couldn't see him anymore and just saw like the actual man Stephen Hawking, which I thought was like super awesome. Um, but it, it was it was kind of weird to see that like. Birdman got so much love in all the categories, yeah, except for the acting. Yeah, Like, Norton lost for acting, too. And, like, it's a film that relies so heavily on, like, obviously the writing and the directing and the editing and, and the presentation of the film in general, but it's also a film that relies on the people selling you that what you're watching is more than just a fancy trick and actually has some substance behind it, so it was kind of weird to see them not win, but at the same time, uh, J.K. Simmons and Eddie Redmayne, like, <laughs> fantastic jobs in those films, so... Oh, yeah, it, it, I
0: mean, J.K. Simmons, the most deserving award, acting-wise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It,
2: it, it, it was totally, like, one of those, like, hashtag not my choice, maybe, but, but at the same time, like, no, totally <laughs> clapping and totally, like, happy with the outcome, maybe would have liked to see Birdman sweep everything but at, at the same time like those those performances were so good and those films were so good that it didn't like i I didn't feel like there was any like snubs or anything like that
1: I mean i w- I would have been pretty happy with Emma Stone winning too like I guess Patricia arquette has gotten a lot of love for boyhood and i I feel like she did a good job but all of boyhood and all of link letter stuff is so effortless feeling and so naturalistic that it's very hard for me to identify great acting versus just Patricia Arquette talking. (laughs) Like Ethan Hawke is the bigger example of that. Like I can't tell the difference between Ethan Hawke and Ethan Hawke's character. So I think I'm a sucker for the bigger acting gig and like Emma Stone gave a much bigger performance, I think than Patricia Arquette did.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like the, I mean, that's what I meant by like Eddie Redmayne being the obvious choice to win because he is the sort of bigger Performance. I mean, it's like Julianne Moore winning Best Actress, which was. I mean, she was she was good in Still Alice, um, but I I feel like if you know if I were to pick, I would pick Rosamund Pike because that was a much more <laughs> n- nuanced and you know uh, rich performance. I think you know that. I, I mean, Julianne Moore is great, but uh, you know it just. I feel like Rosamund Pike was obviously. The better of the of the two, and and I feel like Julianne Moore, you know, she's been nominated a bunch of times, and she was kind of overdue anyway. So, see, yeah, it was I, I would of, do... it, it was kind of a combination of the two. It's like, oh, I'm playing a person with a disease, and I'm overdue.
1: Yeah. See, I would actually do Marion Cotillard because she made me want to kill myself by the
0: end of <laughs> two days, one night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, at least she wasn't like going around talking about her sister. Yeah. Like in The Immigrant, but um, <laughs> she was essentially replaced her sister with my job. <laughs> they they took our jobs. Uh, well, is, Isn't it is, like, okay, hold on just a second. Steven, didn't you think Two Days One Night was like kind of screwed up because it was like, why on earth would this company, like, obviously they had to let somebody go because they were hard up, you know, but why would they give like the person's, you know, remaining salary As a bonus to the other employees. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Like, maybe I just don't know how businesses run in France, but it just didn't make any sense to me. I I think conceptually.
1: Conceptually, that movie is very clearly like like 12 Angry Men, it's just trying to make a situation happen. No, yeah. Um, I
0: yeah. I mean, I'm not- But but I'm saying, like, the like the style of the film is like trying to be like that very like oh French New Wave, like like you know like the very like realistic mm-hmm. style, like you know she's going around to every single person. She has the same conversation over and over pr- practically, and you know uh <laughs> like it, it, it's just that one of those movies where like there's long takes and mm-hmm. it's supposed Martin to be Luther like King
2: talks to the president. Exactly,
0: but this is it's very supposed,
2: true. This
1: is Marion Cotillard yeah. talks to some her coworker. I, I mean, like Marianne there, talks there to her are th- there
0: are seriously three different instances. <laughs> Where she goes to people's houses and a child answers the door and goes, like, and it's just like, oh, bonjour. And then she's like, oh, me papa, he is down practicing soccer. And it's like, okay. And then it's like, oh, me papa is down at the cafe. Okay. Oh, me papa, he is at the laundromat. I'll take you. Oh, okay. I can't,
2: I... I, I'm assuming Food of papa is just playing in the background. Oh, it's the
1: whole time. No, it's Marion singing La Vienne Rose in the background. <laughs> <laughs> But
0: no, She's I, I can't the, deny uh, that the Inception song.
1: I, I think the movie was very good at making like conveying what depression feels like, and that doesn't make it like fun to sit through. No, yeah, <laughs> like, part but of I- the depression is the like over and over yeah. again repeating the same thing.
0: Like, I think I would have been more on board with it had it been not like the style hadn't been so like documentary-esque almost, you know, because, like, they were truly trying to go for that. So I was like, okay, well, like, I'm trying to buy into the fact that, like, why would this company, you know, give everybody a thousand euro bonus instead of just, like, putting it into, like, a better use of their, you know,
2: for their company or whatever. It was actually a translation error. It was a, it was a thousand sandwiches. <laughs> a thousand, yeah, it was a Greek <laughs> owner, and he was going to treat everybody to. You know? To heroes
0: i don't it just seemed like a very archaic way, and she has to like bring it to a vote and get i don't know you know whatever
2: <laughs> yeah you did you guys did a great job of selling this film <laughs> for me.
1: i I did like it, but I can't say it's like nice to
2: sit through it yeah, was i mean, i, I like me, me some Cotillard, mm-hmm. i like me some but i not i have like I, I didn't know what the film was about before and I feel like now I know less about what it's
0: about
1: <laughs> I I'm going to predict that you would not like this movie. No, uh, I don't think so I think if you like if force majeure bothered you then this would bother you plenty
0: <laughs> Plus you can tell where it's going. It's like it's a French like it. It's that kind of film where you're like this ha- This is not gonna end happily so I feel like you already knew the outcome, but I guess the outcome is like, oh well, it's this instead of that. So ugh. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it was weird. Have I had that narrator going like all the time? <laughs> <sound. laughs>
0: you could like hear
2: his nose turned up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, enough about the Oscars and two days, one night. <laughs> two, two days, one night. number one movie of the year. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's number one? Oh uh, my! The G- AV club. I oh. can't stand behind that one.
0: Was was Ida number two? <laughs> no, but Ida Ida made it up there. I think. <laughs> was, hey, it, dude the, the 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 guy who directed Ida, his speech was
2: better than the movie. I, I I will say I was I was very happy that Ida actually won because it was the one film in that category I'd actually seen. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, seems like we made the good choice.
0: <laughs> my girlfriend really liked <laughs> Leviathan, but it looks super depressing to me. Oh, my.
2: Okay, <laughs>
0: okay. Can I go on a slight tangent again? I saw Mr. Turner.
2: By the time this is done, we're going to have to make it a separate episode from the review of Hot Tub sure, Time we'll, we'll just get drunk and go in a hot tub and go back and re-record.
0: Wait, okay. Well, I don't I, own uh, a
2: hot tub, but
0: <laughs> right, I, I worked on the
2: other part of that. No, but I went to see Mr. Turner, right? And they okay, showed... Hold on, hold on a second. Why? Why? Both of you, Okay, so just sorry. I'm going to tangent your tangent for a second. Okay, okay. Do it. What is it about the trailer for Mr. Turner that made either of you two guys want to see it Nothing. because every time it showed in the trailer i was like I- it's the dude from harry potter <laughs> doing, doing stuff i don't care about like- for, for me
1: it's only only reviews made me want to see it like that's the only thing is like well, he was in, i mean yeah people were talking about him as best actor and people were talking about the cinematography
0: and that's it like the trailer yeah, looked it, like it garbage had to me. it had like prestige behind it
2: because like because, like, for, for me, you know, when, when you go to Regal, and they're playing the 20, the first look, whatever the hell it's called right now, and they show you, like, the live from the opera, like, blah, 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 mm, like, the, the right. Fathom event thing that's happening from, like, the New York Symphony, blah, 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 blah. Right. The, the trailer for Mr. Turner just seems like that. Like, it's, it's a performance that you're watching. <laughs> it's not a story. It's just a guy painting stuff and... Well, I mean, uh, you,
0: you are correct in thinking. I mean, I saw it, obviously, because... I mean, I think, like, Mike Lee, the director, has made some good movies, and, um, obviously, I have to, you know, my undying commitment to see everything, but, um, but, I mean, Mr. Turner is, it's, I, I mean, it was insufferable to a point where I just, uh, it was an endurance test, for sure. I mean, it's one of <laughs> these movies, I mean, Two Days, One Night kind of bordered on that, but not, not nearly as much, and it was not nearly as long, either, But, I mean, Mr. Turner is one of these movies, which is the same problem I have with Ida, which is, like, it just feels like you're watching it and you're going, like, okay, we get it. You're a f***ing auteur. Like, you know, all the shots are, like, perfectly framed and, like, they mean something else and there's symbolism. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. You know what I mean? Let's
2: let's go back to Ida for a second just because I I feel like at least Ida on paper – the setup for the story that's taking place is worth more than guy paints and then gets shittier at painting, but no, it makes him more famous. No, I'll like, I, 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 I give
0: you that. I'll give you that because, I mean, at least Ida had some a little more going for it. And again, it was a lot shorter. But, um, I, but I mean, it just, isn't the
1: payoff worth it when he meets the dog Hooch at the end and they get together? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish he had met Hooch at the end. That would have been that would have been redeeming. That would have been a classic movie. Oh man, I that'd been good. So much,
1: Turner age. classic movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I mean, look, guys, I've defended some movies where people oh. would call them pretentious, um, but there's just something about straight drama done in that style where I'm just like, <laughs> I can't take. It's like Michael Haneke doing a more. It's like uh, we get it. Like if it was. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, when I saw Mr. Turner, they showed the previews for two days, one night. Leviathan and Winter Sleep, all back to back, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, they're all like the same style of movies. They're like so serious and so dry. Like, I want, I want like Seth Rogen and James Franco to do like a remake of Leviathan, but just take the same script and everything, but just have
2: them say the words, and I think it would be, I think that would be good. I think it'd be really funny. Wait, are you saying that guy should have stopped instead of doing a more? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's kind of the premise of Love and Death, right? The Woody Allen movie?
1: He's, like, making fun of these super serious uh, type foreign
0: films. I haven't seen Love and Death, so sure. I'll take your word for it. Neither have I. Okay, then. But um yeah, I, I I think the I think that genre of film needs to be taken down a peg. But I don't know. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Toads. <laughs> I mean I I didn't see Leviathan, so I mean it could be good, but I, I don't think so. I think it's just gonna be really
2: boring. Alright. Well uh I traveled here tonight in a hot tub time machine. Did you guys travel here tonight in a hot tub time machine too? yeah totally wait pause as we all look at the camera nailed it oh
0: good times
1: like like mel gibson after the passion of the christ shouted i nailed it
0: (laughs) 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 oh man (laughs) i'll finish my drink for that (laughs) oh
2: yikes
1: oh boy that was a
2: good one. That was a freaking good joke. <laughs> Thank you. Only alcohol could cause uh, that, that. That joke hit the nail on the head. <laughs> right. Yeah. On the oh. wrist, <clears throat> stretching. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. People haven't figured out. <clears throat> alcohol has been consumed for this episode.
1: <laughs> it. It had to be. Yeah. And I actually, mean, it's, it's if, a
2: theme of the movie you know I, i'm just gonna I'm just gonna offer this out there as a suggestion if you guys are enjoying this episode more than you normally do <laughs> then uh I'm willing to commit to drinking alcohol for all the episodes i'm
0: I'm fine I, I regularly drink alcohol for all the episodes
2: <laughs> I, I'm, Sunday I'm, mornings included i'm i'm the i'm I'm the one who plays the straight man in all the episodes where True. I, I usually commit to not drinking for the episodes coffee though coffee I drink but uh yeah. That's it's close an, enough. It's an evening episode, and I had already bought it. So, coffee has you know forms of cocaine in it.
0: You know, I, I don't know. I just I, I did
2: not know that.
0: <laughs> well, there's there's that there's that scene in the Last Days of Disco where the guy's talking about how coffee is similar to cocaine, and then he tries to he puts his nose down in his coffee cup and tries to sniff it
2: like cocaine. Huh. Yeah. Winning. Well, anyways, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, that is what we are here to review in Unintentional Rhyme. Um, But we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Hot Tub Time Machine 2 and then come back and give you guys... I can't freaking not rhyme it now. Um, Anyways, all right. Play Q-Trailer. Four years ago, the laws of space and time were violated. It must be some kind of hot tub time machine
0: and our world was changed forever. Was it morally wrong to exploit our knowledge of the future for personal financial gain? Lou Dorcha! I'm the father of the internet. Oh.
2: Ever since I wrote Call Me Maybe back in 92, I've been on a roll. Hey, Nick, rip off any pop stars lately? Today, I recorded an original piece. You say... I only hear what I want to. Okay, it was that Lisa Loeb song. This February. Ready for another dip? I think this time maybe I'll invent yoga pants. How far back do we go? 2025. The future. Oh
0: my God, you're Nick Weber, man. Let's take a picture.
2: Isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I still like your music. You know you're falling on hard times. Hard times. Would you
0: please do the Weber strut? The what now? Everybody, strut, strut.
2: strut. You're like picking strut, dicks out strut, strut, of a tree. Strut, strut. It looks like dick picking. I can't wait to see your future, Lou.
0: Where's divorce, <laughs> Ellie? Where's soulmate? I should've married you. At least you didn't hit rock bottom. Jesus.
2: You look like Gandalf the poor. You look like a minor Tyler Perry character.
0: I kind of like this.
2: I want to hit you into the corner pocket.
0: We need to find the point in time where things went wrong and fix it. Here we go. Here we go. So far, so good. Uh, back in the back tub. The back toe. in the tub. smells <laughs> like hatred. The only thing he put in his body was like Doritos and poison. <laughs> I had sex with Marilyn Monroe.
1: I discovered cocaine. No! Patriot Lou. You guys gotta come with me.
0: Why? We gotta make America happen, bro. You're not going to be super welcome there, but we should totally go.
1: Hot Tub Time Machine 2.
0: I think this may be my house now. Thank you. Boots. I think that will hold you till later. Yeah. Booms. It's a classic alternate reality situation. Like Fringe. Nerd. Nerd. You're nerd. a nerd. No one likes you. Point no nesta. one likes you.
2: All right, uh, we were back. Um, funny story about this film. Uh, I arrived, and the lady gave me a ticket. I walked to the theater that said it on the ticket, and I entered the theater right when the title card for the film popped up. So I don't know if I missed anything in the beginning, but basically we were following the events of Hot to Time Machine 1, and uh, we were catching up with the folks after their changed timeline has allowed them to be more well-off than they were in the past. And... Uh, now, uh, it turns out one of them, his, uh, his penis is in jeopardy from a shotgun attack, and they have to <laughs> go back back into the hot tub time machine back to stop, uh, back in time, um, Huey Lewis and the News. They got to go back and stop whatever it is that could possibly cause somebody want to shoot one of them in the penis. Yeah. Um, and they have to set the timeline right and uh, try to be funny in the meantime, and uh, John Cusack gone, Adam Scott in, and uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, we'll,
0: so did you just pull a Steven, like walking into Calvary and was just like, oh, I missed like the opening? Okay, so here, here's the
2: way it worked. I I I tend to get to the theater a little bit early. Right, because, that's what I'm saying. Usually, yeah. Mister like 30 minutes ahead of the time. Yeah, I'm 30 minutes ahead of the time. Well. I was, I guess, 40 minutes out of the time, so I, I, I was I was more ahead than I expected to be. You were so ahead, you were behind. And and when I buy my ticket, I just assume, you know, don't sell me a frickin' ticket for a film that's already started. Right. Um, but apparently, that is not something that's trained to box office workers. They were not um, trained properly. So I'm walking to the theater, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty dark in here for, like, the 20. It's <laughs> It's weird that they'd be showing, like clips from Hot Tub Time Machine 2 <laughs> during the 20. Oh but, man. What's going on? So I sit down and it's all Hot Tub Time Machine 2 and I'm like is this the end of the movie? Cuz cuz the the opening of the film is like interviewing the people in the cast. So I was like I'm going to be really pissed if I see like literally the last scene of this movie, the credits roll and then I have to wait to watch the whole freaking movie again. Um but I I you know I haven't turned my phone off yet cuz I didn't expect the film to already be started. So I like kind of like Tuck it down, pull my ticket, and I realize that I'm in the theater at one twenty for a showing that started at twelve fifty. And oh, <laughs> I'm like, <damn>. "Well, <laughs> I'm just gonna watch this movie." Um, so that that's to explain what you were asking. That's how everything went down.
0: Oh, I don't think you missed much. Okay. Um. Yeah. But anyways. Steve, b- Steven b- can maybe back me up. But yeah, you missed. Well,
1: I, I would say you maybe missed. The part of the movie that made me laugh the most but I still will say you didn't miss
2: much
0: I, I think you just missed like because the beginning was just the interview stuff and then they flashed up the title yeah
2: the mm-hmm. first thing I saw was what's his nuts stealing the Lisa Loeb song mm-hmm.
0: oh okay yeah yeah yeah. so it was just like kind of recapping like what they've been doing and uh yeah like it, it basically just started with Rob Corddry talking All right, well, and being a douche
2: so, so, before we get into the meat of this film, why don't we go around real fast and talk about our experience with Hot Tub Time Machine One? Because I did not see Hot Tub Time Machine One until literally Friday uh, evening, which is when I watched it.
0: Which is weird because it has all—it has two components of a Christopher Snazy film. Yes, it has time, time travel and it has
2: Kaplan. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> time and travel.
2: Oh yeah, that that too. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, Go go into what what your thoughts are in the first film, Carson.
0: I love the first Hots of Time Machine. I would even go as far as saying, uh, it's a it's a modern classic. I I, I think I saw it like four times in theaters. Wow. Um.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: And uh, <laughs> as so, Mel Gibson would so, say. <laughs> that, that, that. <laughs>
2: Oh, <gasps> oh damn you Damn um, topical but, but Just just real fast that's the same amount of times I saw Inception in theaters mm. Inception yeah. being like my favorite movie of all time So well, conti- they, con- conti- they continue
0: They screened the shit out of this Out of the first hot tub time like they had a Had a free screening like every day Like it
2: seemed like I was going to make an attempt at a sports joke Because you said screened and then I realized I don't know what a screen is <laughs> <laughs> Okay like, um, They do that in football right? I don't know I I don't know just, either. Continue, sorry.
0: Uh, anyway, I thought the I thought the first movie was uh, a great, great movie. I thought it was a good throwback um to just movies that are fun and raunchy and it had like the the vibe of it, it totally nailed the vibe of like wacky eighties comedies. And um I thought the rapport between the four guys was just really great and there was a lot of really funny like supporting character stuff like with crispin glover and uh chevy chase was good too uh there and it, and then you know it had heart it had some heart to it and i feel like um john cusack was really the anchor of the film and uh really m- m- might be a reason why the second movie is a little lacking but uh no i i sincerely love the first movie like i think it's a great comedy like it's totally hilarious and it's one of those movies where it had like it was like a snakes on a plane where like the title was almost better than the movie but i feel like the movie (laughs) i feel like the movie lived (laughs) up i'll agree with that i i feel like the movie lived up like it could have it could have just been like this great title and that's it but uh yeah it delivered (laughs) all right steven
1: so my memory of Hot Tub Time Machine is pretty hazy. I I just realized why. I think when I saw it, I was on an airplane, like, three beers in <laughs> or something like that. Because uh, I I had a lot of fun with Hot Tub Time Machine. Like, <laughs> I, I remember thinking, like, this was surprisingly funny for a movie, which nobody expected to be funny, I don't think. Like, right. my expectations were so low for just the movie given the people in it and the title and the trailer and everything. Um, but it, it was, of course, like dumb fun. And I I actually agree that I remember seeing a straight man like John Cusack kind of making it more charming to me because it was so ridiculous. And then this uh, legitimate actor, quote, was actually lending himself to the role. Um, so I had fun with it. It was fairly inconsequential to me. Like I barely remembered what happened. <laughs> I I actually when watching this movie I I had to think like okay what were the rules of time travel I don't even remember anymore like how do they look what time is it what did they do in the last movie but I had warm feelings about hot tub time machine I remembered it being
2: fun hot tub feelings warm (laughs) warm hot tub feelings. (laughs) um so uh in real life, I don't like hot tubs. I don't like the warmth of them. Oh um, no! In in filmic worlds, I, I didn't like Hot Tub Time Machine One. <laughs> um, How? I, it it okay? So we we know that I love time machine movies. We know that I love Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, but for some reason, this film didn't do anything good with either of them. I, I think that like, I, it like I I don't know. <laughs> You didn't think it was funny, though? Like, the stuff with Crispin Glover is hilarious. The stuff with Crispin Glover is funny. Uh, I thought that there were funny stuff in the film, but, like, the... the, Like, it it felt like time travel was the setup for the story, and then they completely abandon it, and they keep trying... Like, they, they keep, like, avoiding time travel paradoxes and time travel plot points, and then every once in a while, they'll just like, well, I'll make a Terminator joke now or a joke about some other time travel related story. But there, but it never felt like time travel itself was part of the plot. It was just an excuse to make fun of the way people dressed back in time. I, I don't know. I I just felt like, like – for me, the jokes that landed the best were like uh, when – what's his face is hooking up with the other dude's mom and then like he tries to stop it and then he just disappears because like oh that was how he's conceived spoilers for that film like those type of jokes were funny because they actually bought into the time travel paradox universe that they were existing in but in general I like for me John Cusack I just everything related to his plot it seems like they arrived in this place they're like dude guys we have to make sure we do everything the same so we don't change the timeline and they basically throw that out Immediately, and just start making jokes and i I, I don't know I, I felt like it wasn't a clever film it was just a it was just a film that happened to be set in a universe in which a hot tub is also a time machine um so i don't know for, for, for me for me, it just didn't work like none of the jokes made sense and like Lizzie Kaplan she is she appears in the world to be this, this like, momentary love interest for John Cusack. And she sort of, she almost exists outside of that timeline. Like, she is, she doesn't care about the way he's acting weird and the way he seems to know the future. She's just like, no, I'm totally cool with this. This is awesome. I like this. And, like, no, that doesn't really seem to, like, she's almost, she almost exists as a character outside of that time period, but then they don't do anything with that fact. They just make her like, no, I'm cool with this. I'm going to go along with it. And I just, it didn't, it felt like a joke setup that had no payoff. I, I don't know. I, I just, for me, Hot Tub Time Machine 1 didn't really do anything spectacular from a comedy standpoint or from a, like, time travel genre piece. So I sort of, like, honestly, it was, it was, it was like Sunday. I was getting ready to go see this movie, and I was almost tempted to be like, oh, sorry, guys, I didn't get to see the movie. <laughs> <'Cause> I, was, <laughs> I was not excited to watch it at all.
0: It did, didn't have enough uh, Lollapalooza for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> not enough Magic Dragons.
2: <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm just saying. Also, the the kid, the, the one that everybody makes fun of for being a bald whatever in th- this movie. Yeah, um, Clark Duke yeah he I, he bothers me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you seen
1: Clark and Michael?
0: Yeah,
2: that's funny,
1: because that is the only reason I like him. like I, I haven't liked him in almost anything else, but I like him in Clark and Michael.
2: I, I have not seen whatever that thing is that you're talking about. So, uh, Clark,
1: but- Duke and Michael Sarah doing a fake reality YouTube series about yeah. how they're trying to make a TV show together. I
2: I I I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that that's funny but like in this film he like he is so out of place literally in the context of the story and also just in the sense of like I know who all the other guys are <laughs> who the, who the f is this guy <laughs> I don't know I just for me it just didn't <laughs> there's no part of hot Time machine 1 that worked at all in any way whatsoever um and I'm fine being the minority person in that scenario like i'm the only one in the universe that didn't like it that's fine this doesn't doesn't bother me one bit i just to me i feel like i missed something you missed the hot tub i did yeah but anyways that brings us to hot tub time machine 2 so carson start us off what did you think of that film
0: well um for someone who was a big fan of the first movie. Uh, you know, I was marginally excited for the fact that they were going to do another one. Um, but you know, as with all comedy sequels, uh, you should never get too excited because usually they're pretty bad. Um, and, and I think, uh, I, I think you can safely say that this is one of the bad ones for sure. Um, <laughs> for I, I think, sure. I, I think the. <laughs> I think the funniest part of it was not even a joke. It was a joke that my girlfriend said before the movie even came out, which was uh, after all the uh, butt sex fiasco from Kingsman, she was just like, I hope Hot Tub Time Machine 2 has butt sex in it, just out of spite, and then it did, and then then I laughed. Spoilers brought to Tom
1: Sheen. Spoilers. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if but, it really uh, mattered to you to know going in whether butt sex would happen.
2: Well, <laughs> l- l- let's put it this way knowing that there's butt sex in it, I guarantee you, you have no idea what you're about to watch. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> but I mean, that's like, that scene is a perfect example of the movie thinking it's just being so outrageous and hilarious, and it just feels super forced uh n- no pun intended <laughs> um but I, I just like that whole scene went on way too long, and like that's how most of the scenes play out is that it it just feels like they're trying way too hard, and um none of the none of the magic that was seemingly you know put upon in the first movie is there because I feel like that they're just again like they're just trying too hard to come up with something that's just as ridiculous or fun as the
2: first movie are you and are you saying that if it was your choosy you wouldn't pick that doozy
0: <laughs> i would pick
2: the waffles <laughs> um i was totally going to eat some waffles
0: oh uh, it's pretty bad but uh it's also sad that uh you know cl- uh the same weekend that alabama worley wins an oscar clarence worley is in this fucking movie but uh <laughs> anyway uh yeah, it's just it's a really bad movie, and uh, I I feel like the uh, the lack of Cusack is uh, certainly noticeable. And, and like I said, like I feel like he really was like the the heart and the anchor of the first movie. You know, like they had like the the three uh, basically crazy guys, um, and then John Cusack was playing the straight role, and. Uh, I, f- Having him not in this, which it just felt really weird. Like, I don't even know why you would bother.
2: Well, hold on a second, doing Do a
0: second one without him.
2: Do you really feel like John Cusack played a straight man in that film? Like, I, I felt like he was sort of the zaniest of like everybody else was a wild personality, but I felt John Cusack was like clearly the craziest out of the bunch.
0: I mean, they were all they all had wild personalities for sure, but I feel like John Cusack was definitely the most level headed.
2: Even like once he like once the chick breaks up with him instead of him break like he decides I'm not going to break up with her because maybe this is the world I wanted and then she breaks up with him anyways and then he like from that moment on he's just insane like the rest of the film he's just a madman. Well you know
0: I I, I feel like I don't know I just feel like he he was like the I feel like he was the center of the movie and uh, everything just feels off in the second one with him not being there. And they they try to come up with the, you know, they try and skirt around it with Adam Scott being, you know, his future son or whatever. But uh, it's just none of it, none of it lands, man. It all falls super flat. And when the new jokes that they're trying to tell, whether it be like they're trying to riff on like, you know, future stuff, which all falls flat, or like they're, they're calling back stuff from the first movie. It's just, I don't know, it just feels really sad. And uh <laughs> I mean, I like I like the cast of the movie. Like, I think they're all funny people. And typically, you know, you'd think, like, if you get funny people together, you know, the movie should be funny, but it just it doesn't work. I mean, there, there are a couple, like, chuckle-worthy lines, but it's nowhere near... I mean, like, Hot Top Time Machine 1, I was laughing, like, you know, out loud, super hard, like, you know, almost every other minute, I feel like. And this movie just was so just... It was just dead in the water, man. It was,
2: yeah, it wasn't good. (laughs) Was it good for you, Steven? (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Steven's Steven's over here contemplating how he can get another Mel Gibson joke in. Yeah, Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying.
2: Steven's trying to reach for the lifeline
0: button, but... (laughs) No, yeah, I was thinking, was it good for you? Can I tie it into the choosy-doozy thing?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I saw, like adam scott in a comedy show a couple of weeks ago and a recurring joke in that like performance was that the other guy scott ackerman would keep bringing him up as the star of hot tub time machine 2 <laughs> and he would keep, and like the joke was clearly this is not going to be a good movie and this is not
2: what he wants to be known for well, uh, well, real, real, real fast slight ta- ta- or not let me try that again <laughs> Let possible, me jump in real fast Possible slight tangent You made that you, you referenced that joke In our last episode And at the time I hadn't seen Hot Tub Time Machine 1 So I didn't know That he wasn't in it at all
0: Yeah So like,
2: <laughs> So it's like twice as funny Now that I've seen both films Yeah I, I don't exactly. know why I interrupted you for that
1: But That was worth it Doesn't <laughs> good' matter. I'm gonna let you finish moment it Doesn't matter One second But yeah This This film was a doozy It was a <laughs> It the whole thing fell so flat. Like I, I watched this in a theater with maybe four other people, <laughs> and the silence. Like what's worse than dead silence was one guy who had dragged his girlfriend. Oh him, man! Him like kind of laughing every couple minutes. <laughs> you know, like wait,
0: wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, the 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 part where like the one guy in my theater. Because, like, I, there was only three other people when I saw this. And, like, the only part of the, the, the one guy, like, super busted up laughing was the butt sex scene.
1: Yeah. My my theater also, the dude behind me was definitely letting out some loud uh, self-aware laughs to, to convince his girlfriend that they were having a good time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I, I mean I paid $15 for those. I had a guy in my theater who would repeat the lines, like... Ooh. I I can't remember like the main lines that he repeated but like they would do something on screen and he'd be like <laughs> this and he'd just say it again <laughs> oh, and I'd be like no, oh that's dear the worst God, you're so like guy. you know
1: you know when a Judd Apatow movie comes out and then the uh unrated edition comes out and you buy it cuz <laughs> you think it's going to be funny and then the stuff they added is just oh, like 10 minutes yeah. of outtakes that they let drag on and on and on yeah this whole movie was like the extended scenes of Hot Tub Time Machine One. It That's was just true. like, just riff after riff of like, you look like blank combined with blank to form blank. It, it was like a one a a big long like you know how I know you're gay scene, but like <laughs> like ten years after that, humor stopped being funny.
0: But dude, like even those riff scenes like were funnier in the trailer. Like the lines they had in the trailer weren't even in the movie.
1: I mean, the riff scenes here even played as, like... Like, these ones played as if they were making fun of how bad the script was. Like, they were, Uh, like, making fun of how bad their riffs were going to be. It Uh, was pretty bad. I mean, this... It is not... It wasn't a good movie The plot didn't remotely try to drive you along Like it almost didn't feel like I was watching a movie Like an hour in I just felt like What am I doing <laughs> Like, What am I doing here This isn't making me laugh This isn't propelling me to do anything This isn't even the best comedy Where a daily show correspondence gets his penis shot <laughs> Like That would be 20, 21 Wait, Jump Street What's the other Street. one
0: Dude, speaking of daily The show, other like, one is Rosewater Okay, 21,
1: 21 Jump Street
0: Oh right yeah okay Sorry
2: Speaking of Daily Show, like the funniest part of this movie to me was the fact that in the future, The Daily Show is run by the one chick who's a correspondent on The Daily Show right now. Yeah, Jessica and, like, Williams. In, in like the most recent episode or one of the most recent episodes of like Slash Film, they were talking about uh, Jon Stewart stepping down from The Daily Show and they were all like throwing out guesses for who should host it moving forward. And like Dave Chen was saying that she should host it um, because yeah. he likes her. And like to me, that <laughs> coincidence of like, at the time of this film's filming i am assuming that the news hadn't broke yet that he was cause no didn't film last no week no or whatever. exactly
1: and and that's more than uh, slash film like the whole internet was talking about jessica williams hosting the daily show it they had to finish filming already but it's a crazy coincidence
2: yeah yeah like th- it, it was just funny that like they were talking about it and i was watching the movie going like huh, that's crazy like everybody's been saying she should host it and like the film like predicted it um but yeah and know. and that's
1: the thing like scenes like that or the moment you missed where there's the intro showing like uh Craig Robinson and the others how they exploited time travel to become rich and famous um and there are a lot of like offhand jokes that I felt like a better movie could have told the same joke and made it funny to me mm. uh, including that whole daily show scene and other like there were a few kind of I don't want to call them clever but i can imagine how you could look at the script and think like we have some gold here yeah. and then the way that they made it and the way that they told the story is just so unfun and like mean spirited or gross spirited for, for no reason that even jokes that would have been funny like i couldn't crack a smile for most of the movie it just didn't feel like a fun
2: time yeah yeah I I agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is which is pretty pretty sad that, you know, the it's the same director and writers as the first movie. I mean it just goes to show you that like you try and recapture the magic again, it's most likely gonna fail.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as I said earlier, um, I wasn't a huge fan of Hot Tub Time Machine One. So if these two guys on the podcast with me, who were fans of Hot Tub Time Machine One, <laughs> if
0: I love this movie,
2: <laughs> didn't enjoy this two, this one, then like it couldn't possibly be good. Um, so I I didn't enjoy it either. Um, <laughs> For me, there were two times in the film I laughed, uh, one of which I'm going to spoil the joke because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who thinks it's funny enough to laugh. Uh, But it's when uh, two characters are arguing and one of them is like, explain to me how the jacuzzi time machine works. And the other guy's like, well, actually, jacuzzi is like a a brand name and it's really just a hot tub. Like, to me, that was a funny joke because Mm -hmm. it was like, it wasn't attempting to be funny. It was just like... (laughs) statement that i thought was hilarious um the other time i laughed i don't even remember that's how great it was Uh,
0: (laughs) i think i i think i like half-heartedly chuckled when uh when they first go into the future and rob corgi's like this looks like a miami ikea like the house which was which was a part of like a five minute riff of them just going like this looks like such and such yeah. Which is one of those apatow outtake t- types. Right. We're yeah, like yeah. we're like one out of the 50 lines that they, you know, the rama that they do is funny.
2: Yeah. So so ba- basically I will give this film credit for one thing and I'm not going to give them a lot of credit. I'm going to give them like passable credit. They don't have to repeat the class credit. Um but I I I at least give them a small golf club for trying to incorporate time travel into the story in an important way that makes sense. Like they actually deal with time paradoxes and characters doing things that may like in an attempt to prevent (laughs) events may cause the events to happen. Um, I thought that was at least like, at least this time around because when I watched the first film, I felt like it was like the least time travel, the time travel film ever where they use the time travel to go back in time, but it doesn't feel like there's any real true consequences until like the, the epilogue of the film where they go like, oh, look, I invented Lugal. Like there's no real, like <laughs> time travel doesn't seem to have any sort of consequences. or I feel like in this film, at least um, the, plot-wise, there are consequences for actions and those theoretically make sense in a way. So... I give them credit for at least trying as far as time travel films go. But besides that, like this film was not fun. Like I I, I did not feel in the least bit sad that I walked in like 20 minutes into the film because I was like, (laughs) whatever, this film does not like, there's nothing about it that makes me scream like, oh, it's, I really wish I would have seen those first five minutes because whatever. I don't know. I, I I I I didn't have fun fun with the first film, and this film didn't really turn me around in any way.
1: And, and I think what makes me sad about it is not the potential, because like <laughs> I said, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> myself. Like like I said, I I enjoyed Hot Tub Time Machine one, but I barely remember it. Like it did, it didn't have a kind of lasting love or anything for me. Yeah. Um, but I do know I like a lot of the people involved in this movie. <laughs> like, I like Adam Scott. I like uh, Gillian Jacobs. I like Kumail Nanjani, I like pretty much everything Craig Robinson has been in that I've seen. Like, th- it it felt like it had way too many funny people to be this completely unfunny. Like, you would think one of them improvising would make a funnier movie than this. Yeah. Which is just, like... So yeah. much wasted potential from good comic
0: actors, which is which is a lot of the reasons why people hated on horrible bosses, too. And I I think, you know, if you see Hot Tub Time Machine 2, you should appreciate that uh, horrible bosses too a lot more because I feel like that movie did was able to recapture at least the chemistry between the three leads. And I mean, I thought that movie was funny. No, um, that, that,
2: that's the thing is, is no matter how successful or unsuccessful that film is, there is plenty to laugh at. There are yeah. scenes of genuine funniness. This I mean, film the, is yeah. lacking.
0: Right. I mean, the movie isn't great, but it's like you don't need to have a great plot. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we talked about Horrible Busts 2, like they changed it up just enough. But it's weird how like the chemistry is still there uh, and the chemistry in this movie is completely gone. And And if you look at any... Uh, most comedy sequels, I mean, Anchorman 2 had the same problem where it just felt like they were trying to recapture all the magic. And like, those are all like, supremely funny guys. And, you know, a couple jokes land here and there, but it's nowhere near as good as the, you know, the the original. And and I would say this is by
1: far worse than like Anchorman 2 or something. Oh, yeah,
0: this is way worse than that. Because
1: this, like, it wasn't only a lack of chemistry. It was you hate these characters and they hate each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Rob Corddry is so determinedly unlikable and unfunny yeah. in this movie. Like, yeah. I couldn't stand him in this movie, like, for one second. But it's weird second. because, like,
0: I thought he was funny in the first movie, like, as the, you know, as, like, the resident douche of the, of the group. Like, I, I felt like he was at least balanced out more in the first movie. And this movie, he's, like, front and center and it's just way too much.
1: Yeah, but- like... The- so I kind of liked when the movie opened with the pre-credit scene that Chris didn't see Um, (laughs) and it's showing just the cut cutaway to like uh, Craig Robinson explaining like how he started his music career. I was at least getting little chuckles. I was like, okay, this could be like a kind of shaky start to a pretty funny movie. And then it opens and it's on Rob Corddry. And within like five minutes, I was just like, screw this movie i do i do not want to watch this movie
2: (laughs) yeah and i will say too it's pretty sad when like the the funniest and cleverest moment of your film is like the credit sequences that are playing like during the end of your film (laughs) even that was lame it was lame but at least there was like like well for me even just seeing the still image of adam scott back in time (laughs) <laughs> saving, saving Lincoln's life like that to me Was funny taking um, a
0: selfie with Lincoln
2: Yeah mostly because he he looks like John Wilkes Booth anyways <laughs> I mean They even
1: I feel like they Did their characters a disservice too. Like like what makes Adam Scott Funny is as a kind of straight man Like a dull foil to everybody Yeah or and an he, asshole yeah, yeah, yeah and he's, Exactly he starts that way in this movie And then they decide the big Payoff is gonna make him be ridiculous And he, it does not work for a minute. It's just so, like, cringeworthy bad. <laughs>
2: and, and why is he wearing the skirt over his pants? Like, I didn't get that joke. I don't know. It's I guess they thought that would be funny. The
0: future. They thought it would be funny. It was one of those, like, future jokes
2: that bombed. Is it really supposed to be just that it's the future? I thought it was just because he's... I, I, I don't even know what it was. I that, honestly That he, can't that even that he tell was, you.
0: like, whipped or something?
2: If, if you, like, gunned in my head, told me to explain that joke, I would be dead <laughs> right now because I would have no explanation for
0: it. i just took it as like a it was like a fashion joke for the future and that they were like this just this like Ooh, couple of the future i don't know it wasn't funny why am i explain i don't know why, I'm explaining <laughs> it.
1: why are we even talking about the movie anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was not funny let's go back and talk about the oscars yeah, yeah. so the
1: oscars I would rather have watched Neil Patrick Harris stall about his Oscar predictions for t-
2: two hours, <laughs> okay. So then watch this movie. Try let's to go, try to get
0: Octavia Spencer to watch it. Hold on, so watch let's, his
2: box. Let, let's go back to his Oscar prediction thing real fast. Just, just, just should we close up this movie first no not yet <laughs> i'm gonna force okay. people to listen to this <laughs> so, so there's a the joke of him like predicting all the things and you think like oh it's gonna be him predicting the winners but it's actually him predicting things that happen during the show yeah uh, like all of it uh, like because neil patrick harris neil patrick harris belongs to the you know magician's guild or whatever like he is a magician so i'm totally fine with him doing sleight of hand to like Print out those results after the fact and slide it into the case as he's drawing it out and blah 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 blah. But was uh, J.K. Simmons' uh, "Call Your Mom, Don't Text" thing like a pre-written bit, no. or like that was the one? Like out of all those things, they all seemed pre-programmed into the show to happen, except for that one. Thing felt like the most off the cuff thing, so it feels I don't like know. There
1: were, there were a few, though. Like the, the imitation game screenwriter told people to stay weird, uh, and Patricia Arquette went on her feminist, you know, uh, uplifting speech. Uh, yeah. There were a few things that couldn't have been pre programmed unless they really
2: rigged the Oscars, her yeah. normal Norma Ray moment. So mm. it all had to be sleight of hand because obviously the John Travolta creepiness <laughs> what, that, that, like, I don't. No matter how creepy he is in real life, there's no way he's that weird and face touchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think he is. I feel like most of those things were like pre-programmed, but like the J.K. Simmons thing. Though then again, he was like almost done with his speech, and they started to play music. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, one more thing. I have to get in here because it's, it's part like, of the bit." Hey, Parker! Shut off that f- music. <laughs> was I was my speech rushing or checking? <laughs> it was <laughs> rushing. <laughs> All right. Sorry no,
0: so. I mean, I I just think the joke was that he predicted all of the stuff that was unpredictable i guess yeah which was i mean that was like i actually thought he was gonna predict the winners you know like he actually had legitimate you know uh oscar guesses but i don't know that 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 joke just fell so flat flatter than hot tub time machine that's
2: that's what i thought too but i was confused why he was going to announce his Choices before the final Best Picture was yeah. was announced, so that's why I was confused. And then when it turned out to be the joke, I was I was almost on board with the joke just because mm-hmm. it like usurped my assumption of why he was like, did they mess up and he's doing this joke early or what's going on? So I don't I don't know. Anyways, Hot Tub Time Machine Two. <laughs> Hot Ver- Tub
1: Time Machine Two.
2: Verdicts, guys.
0: Uh, yeah, sorry, that, I was... Uh, where you, that's where you say yes. <laughs> sorry, I was dozing off. I'm losing a lot of blood after I slit my wrist from this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it took you a long time to bleed out. <laughs> I mean, you saw this, like, well, you a know. week ago, right? Yeah. All right, well, Carson, before you actually bleed out, why don't you let us know if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, when would you give it? Um,
0: uh... I would give it uh, a must avoid for sure.
2: Yeah. Steven.
1: Must avoid, no question.
2: Must avoid for me also. I mean, uh, I technically wouldn't give a non-avoiding review to the first film, so I can't possibly give this film a pass. Um, so I think this film should be hit by a smart car that's pre-programmed to kill it for its asshole nature.
0: <laughs> Which, again, joke a with really, no payoff. Yeah, failed joke. For sure, um, just like my slitting of the wrist joke, really landed.
2: <laughs> well, there will be more of a, of a payoff to that joke if you're not on the next episode. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not fun. That's morbid. No, it's yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty messed up. Why would you make that joke, Stephen? I'm really sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: But anyways, that is. It, a it was funny at the beginning of the Kingsman Kingsman review. I thought someone would just have no decency like me, We're just like, well, Carson isn't here because he's shitting his pants. <laughs> we we try to keep it classy. I know. This is you know if Steven wasn't here and he had the same problem, I'd be like, he shouldn't he shouldn't up, man.
1: I would expect nothing less.
0: Oh my god. I just would I just would have put it out there. It's how I roll. Undecency, <laughs> just you know, dirty dog. I think we should be
1: required to drink before every episode.
2: Now I think we should. <laughs> but uh, speaking of drinking before every episode, I'm gonna run to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we keeping this in? <laughs> why not alright so I'm back and we are back to the end of the episode so good guys Carson sure why don't pee. you tell everybody where they can find you if for some reason they want to find you still
0: find me having lots of butt sex <laughs> in the privacy
2: of my own home thank you you <laughs> your right as an American <laughs> it's
0: true it's <laughs> true <laughs>
1: You can find me with the bloody feminists complaining about Carson <laughs> <laughs> over at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
2: Oh, uh, people can find me over at ChristopherRealLife.com or twitter.com slash you can find the podcast over at spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site under the contact section or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW That's 760-575-4879. Uh, if you like this episode... If you, if you like the fact that we were consuming alcohol on this episode and you think it's something we should do more, then uh, let us know by any of those contact methods <laughs> we mentioned before. Um, if you enjoy this show, you should also leave us a review on iTunes because it'll yes. help that'll help other people find us. Because um, yeah. we are like a small fish in a big ocean of podcasts out there, and we want to be the big fish that eats <clears throat> all the other fishes.
0: Well, even if you don't like it, does a negative review still count toward... Exposure? No.
2: Possibly? I don't. Here, I'll I'll do you one better. Don't Mm. review the show. (laughs) Just go on there, and instead of a review, leave us a beer selection that you would like us to drink the next episode. Yeah, we're turning this
1: around, becoming my drunk kitchen. (laughs) Spoiler warning
0: (laughs) edition.
2: I I, I, like honestly, honestly, leave us a review on iTunes, and instead of a review, give us a beer suggestion, and we will drink that beer. Or or
0: give me a. I won't drink the beer, so give me a cider. Uh, suggestion, because I only go by the Cider house rules.
2: We're gonna need,
1: we're yeah, only ciderhouse rules. Yeah,
0: uh, we're we're gonna need to change our recording time from the
1: typical nine a.m. <laughs> I think, <laughs> if we pivot like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, all that, all that, you know, church killing is just way too strenuous. Rename the podcast to the Mimosa Boys.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> ba- based on the number uh, of reviews and <laughs> emails and all that stuff that we get. Uh, we're not gonna have to do any sort of pivot at all, but uh, if you guys—that's want... a decision. It'll be up to us. <laughs> but no, honestly, you guys should contact us in some way, or leave us a review, or do something to show that uh, there's anybody out there, and we're not just sending this into the ether. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, you know, our... we can count on our old pals, Cayman. He can, he can call Dashbug or dash... step up to the plate.
1: <laughs> Skeet shooter.
0: Where you at?
2: He's, you know, he's totally real. I I think Skeet Shooter's definitely out there. (laughs) (laughs) He's out there investing in peep shipments. (laughs) Super inside baseball.